You're about to witness a seismic event. Talk brunch. Served hot. Talk brunch live. Rick Dara here. As always, your host for the evening. Being joined by co-host Destin Soulglow Frazier. In hell, your save always corrupts at the water level. That really is how. That's how parents <laughs> punish their kids too. Old school Zelda fans, you'll get that joke. Hopefully. Or even some of the new school ones possibly. Right. It's been quite the evening, Helena So, huh? Yeah. yeah. It is uh, also Happy Father's Day to all the noble deserving fathers out there, including yours truly. Always great to have that. Wonderful day. Hope you all enjoyed it. Still June 20th for like another minute. There's episode 464, Helena Cell 2021 post show. I'm glad they went with Ozzy for this, right? Oh, yeah. You can't go wrong with Ozzy. Oh, not at all. That's music to my ears. Usually I'm complaining. You play Ozzy, it's that much better. Yeah, usually I'm trying to power through the music that are on here. I don't even know what they are, but this is one of those where it's like, yeah, you know, good job. And also the game coming out this uh, upcoming Tuesday, the Dungeons and Dragons, uh, free for Game Pass subscribers. So there's a plug there. It's using this as the official theme song. So it's a two for one as far as where the song's being played and how it's being used. So, Helen Asao, you had a good time tonight? Yeah, pretty good. No yeah. real complaints, honestly. I mean, one issue regarding SmackDown, but I mean, besides that, no real complaints. Enjoyed the event. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely talk about that. Thank you to everybody who's joining us over at iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, I Podcast Addict, uh, Player FM. I'm seeing us on now. Google Podcasts and all of the other popular place podcasts are found i see also shout out to player fm for putting us on the top gimmick podcast i know one one year we were the top mma podcast one year we were the top wrestling podcast lately we've been the top impact don't ask me why thanks a lot for that george but top gimmick podcast <laughs> they're not they're not are we a gimmick there's not a gimmick here i don't know if i feel happy about that when i liked it better the top sports ones were, were nicer than top I mean, gimmick i guess with the whole captain brunch and soul glow thing i guess that would qualify as a gimmick I guess you're right. I mean, I'm just like, saying. How do we go to a gimmick podcast? That doesn't sound as... Okay, right. I'll, I'll take it. It only, it only sounds all right here. Right. Thank you, Mick Foley. <laughs> you know, it doesn't. It only sounds okay here. You know, like you couldn't say that. Like, if you went out with a girl, you couldn't be like, I'm a top gimmick podcast. <laughs> like, what the fuck does that mean? Then you, you say top... the process of describing that. And top God sports. help you if you lose a track on the way there. Yeah, top sports. Now there was a badge. <laughs> You'd be like top gimmick. The fuck? You gotta hope she's a wrestling fan at that point because you won't get it. <laughs> All right. Well, Take we're gonna go through scenario. Are you a clown? Yeah. Right. <laughs> All right. So we're gonna do this is what we always do. We're gonna start off with the previous go home show from this past Friday's SmackDown episode one thousand one hundred and thirty nine. I can't believe I haven't missed any of those. You know, like I've maybe missed ten, maybe. I I can't I can't even think I've I've maybe missed maybe a fraction of them live. God, what have I done with my life? Anyway, episode one thousand one hundred thirty nine. If you guys think it's depressing when I tell you the numbers of episodes, let me know and I'll take it off. 
<laughs> so, Rey Mysterio comes out. He's giving this promo about uh, how Dom got hurt in that bump. Which, by the way, that bump did look good last week. I don't know how much we talked about. I don't know what they did. There must have been a cutaway, right? And there was a bet out there or something. I feel like they might have possibly tapped. I started thinking about it later in the week. I wonder if they taped that part. They could get away with I mean, that, right? Yeah, they can get away with it. Yeah, well, he wants vengeance for that. Give me a sec here. I'm going like, to be in setting. In my perfect world, Dom took that bump like a fucking G. Yeah, right? <laughs> Said, fuck it, no crash press. I'm doing this shit like a man. I mean, fucking Brock kicked his ass before he was even fully wrestling, so it's believable for me. He said, the same the same son who, who fell asleep in my arms. The same baby. Got thrown you, like a Hail Mary in a fucking Super Bowl. You, you threw the same baby that I used to put to sleep. He makes it, if somebody's tuning into Fox for the first time, he makes this dude sound like Gene Snitsky. You know? <laughs> like, oh shit, he's throwing a baby? Acknowledge me. Because it wasn't my fault. Hey, you remember the video package? I don't know. I don't, don't, I don't, like, I don't go for the debate with WWE video package. You remember the time they, they reminisced on the Snitsky thing and they put the, <laughs> they did the sport I will never That was one of the few times they did a thing like that I lost it, man. Like that's dark. No. That is dark. This is a baby, not a pigskin, you fucker. Like <laughs> Alright, well. Kevin Owens and Big E are teaming up. Who would have thought, right? And everything it's it, it was funny because my first thought was, Oh, it's Big E and the Big O. Yeah, I like the promo with them because Owens spent so much time putting him over and then he did so little in exchange. Right. Like watch this. Locker room, bar none. And it's a tag team match. This man is a nine time, nine time. That's almost 10. Almost 10 times. Former tag team champions. I couldn't have a better partner tonight than Biggie. And Kevin is uh, very good. Talented. Yeah. That's it. I can. I, that's all I get. I just showered you with praise. Yeah, I know, but the uh, wound's still so fresh. You know. <laughs> but Taylor, tonight, tonight, we <laughs> shall not be deterred. Are you bringing up tonight, a We shall not be moved because Commander Aziz and Apollo Crews, oh, they going to feel our power. Yeah, he did it anyway. Awesome. Still one of the top baby faces here as far as performances go, man. Love Biggie. Bar none. Yeah, good showing over there. Uh, what else do we have going on here? Uh, so we had the match with Biggie and Kevin Owens against Apollo Cruz and Commander Aziz finished being Owens basically stares Zayn away and gets hit with a Samoan spike. On the w- on the way back into the ring, because Zayn's trying to screw it. Like, I love the way he did it because Owens is like on both his on like his both his hands are like one knee, and he just on the fucking way. He didn't wait for him to get all, all the way up. Like, no, I'm gonna catch your ass on the way up. Oh yeah! Face first, face first into the ring post. Hey. Oh, you're not so tough now, are you, pal? Huh? Watch, watch Zayn. I love Zayn here. Right here, come on, do something oh. about it, tough guy. What do they do? Uh, Whoop. Hey! And Samoan Spike rolls into the Samoan Spike. Sons in four guys. 
Didn't even take the jacket off. And then afterwards, so here, okay, wait, wait. I'm sorry. I, I overlooked this too much here. We got to come back. We got to come back. Answer me a question that no one's been able to answer me, right? I'm going to just have those audio on while we go through this. So the Samoan spike happened, right? He's on the ground. Where's Big E now? Because now they pick, they pick him up and they kick his ass and he gets another Samoan spike. But can somebody tell me what happened to Big E? Wasn't Big E right there? This was a tag team match. He didn't get down there or anything. The wound was still fresh. How fresh was it? He literally is no longer there. Is, am I losing my mind? The two of them were out there, and then this guy got like this is right after the cover, dude. Look at what's happening right after the cover, and I can't find Big E anymore. The Nigerian nail, devastating. He didn't go up the ramp. He didn't get taken out. It was just suddenly Owens. There was no longer a Big E there. He gale came his way out of that scenario. <laughs> He's just gone, and they don't talk about it. It wasn't like what the fuck was that? When was the last time that we saw him in the match? Does anybody remember? I don't even remember now that I think about it. Yeah, that's so strange. When one moment he was there, the next he was gone. That is so unusual. No, I, again, I, I remember I wanted to mention that to you guys. I thought maybe somebody in time, anybody that watched SmackDown understand how suddenly he was by himself? Hold on. Let's, can, we, can we go back a little? Like, what is going on here? <laughs> that motherfucker was just gone. See, here's Big E here, right? Look, he hit him with that bump. You see that bump? He hit him with that bump on the apron. That's the last time we see him. I'm 100% sure. That bump that I just showed you. So, so hold on. He come, What is going on here? There he is. He tags him in. And that's it. Yeah, he's just gone after that. He's just not fucking there anymore. That's so crazy. I don't, I don't get how the hell this was booked or put together that way, dude. And then the rest of the match, it was just like, no more Big E. Right. Is this something? <laughs> Go figure. And you know, not for nothing, but that Aziz guy is sloppy as fuck. Was he sloppy when he when he went when he was yabba dabba also? Well, considering the fact that when he was yabba dabba do, he didn't have to do shit. Yeah, because he's, he's kind of sloppy, man. Wild. He's gotten worse since then. Let's see if I can find you some of these stuff so you can see what I'm talking about. Look at this. Watch this. Okay, he's supposed to break the pin here. This is awesome. Did you catch this? He's supposed to break the pin here. And his slow, big, wobbly, kungly, mungly ass is so slow at doing it that he winds up bumping Cruz. And, and Owens is already well on his way back to the corner. Owens already packed a suitcase, got his son's jacket on, and is on his way to the fucking airport. And this guy's coming from the corner with the, <laughs> with the ultimate Matrix style Wachowski brother directed double axe handle or whatever. Watch this shit. Look at, look at what he called. I, I rewind this like five times when I watched this. Look at this. They try to put Cruz away. <laughs> oh my God. Yo, he does that two more times. They're booting him back to the lobby. You bumped us east. You're lucky that wasn't Roman. If that was Jay and Roman, oh my God, I wouldn't have even tuned into SmackDown the following week. I wouldn't have wanted to hear about family. Yeah. You know, this is the one muscular guy who talks about family who's not going to take you to fucking Olive Garden if you mess up. You're lucky. You're lucky that it was Cruz. And then the, the commentary doesn't try to save me. They listen to him. Gotta get the shoulder up and Aziz comes in as well. Aziz, if you don't mind me saying a tiny bit slow on that one. Yeah, I am. Yeah, a tiny bit. <laughs> tiny bit. He wasn't, as in he wasn't there. <laughs> you know, as a matter of fact, he did more damage because Cruz realized he wasn't going to be there, kicked out, and then got bumped by his own buddy. He would have been better without him. He should have disappeared like Biggie did. <laughs> oh, man. Sloppy Aziz. That's what I'm going to call him from now on. No more commander. I'm demoting you to Sloppy Aziz. 
I'm the more that motherfucker back to his raw underground and that motherfucker is Daba Daba Zuba. I've seen people miss it by like by like a landslide or something. This guy, it was like bump and then following bump. (laughs) And they can't even like save it as like Owens moved out at the last minute. Remember the original Mortal Kombat movie? He's one of those this is where you fall down guys. (laughs) Like, Like, oh boy. Anyway. See what happens when you bring people in when they're just big and nothing else? Yeah, the, the timing, his, his timing at a three, because when you really think about it, the ring, and if you've ever been there in person, you know the ring's not even as big. It's, for some reason, looks way bigger on TV. The size of the ring and the ability to count to three are the only things that you need to factor into being able to do that. He's worse at a three count than King Arthur and Monty Python in the Holy Grail. He was like, one, two, five. <laughs> <laughs> Like, th- this is where, this is why they need to abandon that whole imagery bullshit. Because, yeah, he's all big and impressive, and then he starts to wrestle. And then to think that they let Braun go, because apparently part of it was they already have guys that are bigger, so why keep Braun? We got Commander Aziz and, and Omas. Because Braun can count the fucking three. To be fair, he, he's not good with tens, though. He always got counted out somehow. Yeah, but Aziz can't even make it to three, so. Yeah, Braun Commander can probably make Aziz. Seven, what, what crap. Anyway, now comes the exciting stuff. The Battle for the Crown match. Shinsuke Nakamura with Rick Boggs, Boogs, defending his championship against, or defending, or trying to get the title, I guess, the the crown. Pretty much trying to officially keep the crown. Yeah. Pat McAfee has to be my favorite modern-day commentator, man. Like, he's really (laughs) funny. Do you see him out there? This and something he did tonight. That motherfucker is my new favorite. Look at how he, look at the celebration that he's doing Nakamura coming out. It gets better every week. How? There's a crown on the line. Wait a minute. A little bit before this, he's out there jamming with two phones. Did you, did you catch that part? He has I both phones. Held. He has two phones. I don't know how he has two smartphones. But when it cuts to him, he's holding up two smartphones and they both have the flashlights on and he's like flailing around his arms. Dancing with the music. He has two phones, man. One for the bitches, one for the hoes. He just grabbed. Who's out there with him? Cole? Who's, I don't even remember who's out there with him. I think it's like him, Cole. Whoever's out there with him, they, they, uh, they have a. Uh, he took their phone. <laughs> I could think of was like, what the hell? You have two phones unless you planned on doing that. Look, there he is. like a split second he's just standing up and he's always standing up for matches too like he's really into this shit right he's like fucking nigel when big shit used to happen in ROH. yeah like he is feeling it man good lord but yeah he's he's a lot of fun to have around so i'm glad that we have that and nakamura he turned he turns corbin inside out to the big guy like that getting turned inside out that's brutal man that tells you how hard nakamura hits and how it's small, right? Yeah, and it also tells you how mobile Corbin is. I remember seeing this. This is like crazy. Oh, and he just wiped out. Like that's wild, man. When you see when you can move like that, those are the guys you got to give attention to. Oh, nasty stuff there. Uh, what else happened in SmackDown leading into this wonderful Hell in a Cell pay per view? Which, by the way, Nakamura did go over, and now he is officially the King of Strong Style. Oh, we got one of my favorite events 
on recent SmackDown history. I like to call it, we got a Bailey brawl. For 380 days at one point in her career. I, I never want to see Bailey as a baby face again so long as I live. Right. I don't care what happens to her as long as she's not a baby face. She really kicks the shit out of people as a heel, doesn't she? Like, she's going to do whatever it is that she has to do to make sure that you die. Yeah, she really just beats people's asses. It's like, like the if polar opposite of when she was using when Alexa Bliss in her face and she didn't want to use weapons. Now she can't fucking wait. Yeah. Like, it's really like people... She's become one of those characters in wrestling where whoever faces her has to deeply consider if it's worth it. You know? Like, so I, I give really her credit. Ride, ride out this ass with him, glory. Yeah. Because you can get her down, but she comes back, she'll become like Jason. <laughs> Every time she comes back, her hair is more frizzled and her laugh is louder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what's with this Alpha Academy stuff? I almost don't want... I'm almost bringing it up because we're finishing the SmackDown, but it's like, what's, this know. is terrible. I, I don't know. After they shaved his beard, I don't care. It's like, who thought that this was a good idea? They have new music now, right? They didn't have this music before, right? Oh, I don't even fucking know. To Angelo Dawkins. Did they have that before? I would be very I couldn't tell you. I blacked out every time you talk to him. It sounds very Kurt Angle-esque, you know? Just minus the being over. It's just such a shitty idea, though, to have those guys out there with that, the Alpha Academy stuff. And then, and then Gable, the only thing that they did a good job of was he's such a little bitch now. You notice that? Like, he has, they truly have been able to make him the kind of bitch where you want someone to kick his ass. You know, I give them a lot of credit to that. Like, every time I see them, I'm like, man, I can't wait till somebody gets their hands on you. Yo, look at this bitch move that he does right here. Do you remember what he did in the beginning of the match? <laughs> look at this. Bandage left arm and shoulder of Angelo Dawkins. All by himself, representing the Street Profits. Ooh! Cheap shot from... What a bitch! You little bitch! It's not even your match. <laughs> he gave him a love tap. He went... Somewhere out there, Jason Jordan's like, man, I got lucky getting my neck he, fucked up. He slapped him like that South Park guy. I slap you. He just did a... Oh. And then he just ran. <laughs> and then, of course, the you know, we have... Uh, he's more of a bitch because it's not the South Park guy didn't run. Yeah, and then, of course, we have... Uh, that this is what caused him to run around, and they do the whole thing where freaking this guy collides into him. Otis from around the ring and everything. I don't know. And, uh... Aside from that, they had a very nasty discus clothesline German suplex combo, which I'm really enjoying the two of them doing. At least that's one solid. They have a convincing finisher. You know, they'll put you on your ass with that finisher. You just got to suffer through the bullshit and not being over to get there, but yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I feel it's like a discus, uh, discus clothesline German suplex, not a maneuver, McAfee. I like you, but don't just maneuver. Focused, determined on pain. Chad Gable calls Otis his prize pupil. Let's do it. Let's do it. Here we go. And this is just a complete destruction of Angelo Dawkins. Brutal. Brutal stuff there. Yes. Kills him. So this brings us to the main event, which when we last spoke last Monday, this was actually what we thought was going to be the main event of tonight's Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. Roman Reigns versus Rey Mysterio in Hell in a Cell. Instead, this has been moved to the main event of SmackDown. So 
there's good and there's bad to it. Obviously, I'm going to point out the bad first is there was no, they took the main event of their pay-per-view and like with no kind of announcement or lead-in or anything, let anyone know that this was happening. So they didn't really get as much out of this match as I feel they could have, even though it felt like a filler match in the first place, you know. But according to Meltzer, he said that he was told on Thursday that when it all came down to it, Roman is not on the Sunday pay-per-view. Um, and that it wasn't because there was another match for Roman and that he thought at first that it was because they were going to do Ray and Dominic versus the Usos so that they could do the a match with the Usos where they go over down the road. But then he found out that that wasn't it either. It wasn't an angle situation where they were going to do like an angle on Friday and on Sunday. It was it was basically the exact Sunday match you were going to get on Hell in a Cell moved to Friday. And they did exactly what they were going to do on Sunday. But they wanted more eyeballs on it. So that's the reason they moved it to Fox, because Fox is still where they're getting the most views over Peacock. So they wanted something that big to main event their biggest, their biggest audience. That makes any sense. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. So and then I looked at the card afterwards and it just made me realize it was like, you know what? There's a hell in a cell at the beginning and at the end of the pay-per-view. There's always two Hell in a Cells anyway. There's never been like three or four. That would make it different. So we didn't really lose anything. They still have the same amount of matches. And last week we went off the air talking about how the Roman Mysterio thing was a filler anyway. So in the long run, I wouldn't necessarily say that what they did was the wrong choice. So here's my thing and why I see there's more bad and good. Yeah, of course, obviously we lost the main event of Hell in a Cell. But also, you know they broke Roman's streak now, right? Well, what do you mean? Roman Reigns has main evented every pay-per-view since he came back at SummerSlam. So now they snapped that. And for me, this didn't have that Hell in a Cell vibe to it. Because everybody knows when it comes to that particular match, there's always a sense of, I don't know if I could almost call it like uncomfortable before the match. There's always like this, oh shit, what's going to happen? When I saw the Cell come down, I was like, oh, must be time for the main event. Like, I get their logic, but... So you mean with SmackDown, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a couple of reasons. I mean, number one, you already are analyzing wrestling and are a veteran at everything that you're seeing. So you're not going to... Logic would dictate you're not going to go into a Friday night SmackDown and expect Rey Mysterio, who you already thought wasn't going to win, to win now on SmackDown. And then the fact that, like, they didn't press or advertise it with any, any kind of stuff. It just felt out of place. But I guess they were they they kind of booked themselves into a corner because what were they going to do? Cancel it? Yeah, and I mean when we get more into the match, this didn't feel like that same Roman Reigns ass whooping we got last year when he basically beat Jay in the submission. It kind of just felt like a no DQ match that just happened to be inside the cell. Like, yeah, we will see. But one little clip before we get to that that I just thought was funny. I think they also showed it tonight as well. But uh. When Rollins is talking shit to Cesaro during his interview. Oh this. my god. Ounce of respect. The Sunday at Hell in a Cell. I'm gonna show you and everyone like you what you do deserve when I put you in your place. Oh, Seth, I, I didn't think you had it in you, you know, being a professional, coming out here, facing me 
Man to man. Respect that. I respect everything that you said. And I do respect you as a competitor. I'll see you on Sunday. Wow. Seth Rollins got more than he asked for there in that interview, huh? Well, you know, Pat, Seth Rollins, do you believe it eats him up inside that Cesaro may have his number? I like the way he took that stupid fall. And what's up, Sasso? I actually looked over because i have gilded on my uh on my smartphone i actually looked over i saw you in there so i see you what's going on i don't look very often we have so many chats if i'm missing a chat i apologize i know ashley was in the uh the youtube chat the other day which uh i actually do have that up today i'm like don't don't make a habit of it though you guys know i hate that place <laughs> i don't even know how to bring that damn chat room up go figure right oh here it is but yes also over at gilded but yeah and then you guys over on Twitch here. Okay, so while that's loading up here, let's go back into this card and look at this uh this match. So I actually didn't mind the match too much. I thought that this was uh a decent match. Uh the finish here is Roman catches Ray uh into an awful cell bump. And uh that was let me just bring it up on the screen. There we go. Roman Reigns able to catch Ray though. And Reigns with Ray up top. Oh my God! Deja vu of Dominic last week, but tonight it's Ray thrown right into the cell. Oh my God! Look at him. Oh my God! Listen to McAfee. No commentary needed. Roman Reigns oh, just threw hey, another hey, Mysterio out of the ring. <laughs> yes. That's the best way that I've ever heard it worded, McAfee. Roman Reigns just threw another Mysterio out of the ring. Like if there is legions of them, you know, like they're a tribe. You keep getting, you keep throwing these damn Mysterios all over the place. Right. Like this motherfucker has like a tally board in the back room somewhere. We're going to get all these damn Mysterios to go back over to their side of the ring. Oh, my <laughs> fucking Aaliyah, you next. Like, what? Oh, man. That was so hilarious. But yeah, I, I definitely, I didn't mind the match. I mean, it's hell in the cell. You kind of know what you're going to get. Maybe it's just the fact that, I mean, we've only ever seen, we don't, because despite what they say, at least in network history, yeah, we've only ever seen it once, but there has been a hell in a cell on free TV once before, way back on Raw. But um, I don't know, something about this one felt off. I don't know if maybe it was the fact that Ray was virtually kicking Roman's ass the whole match, or like, I don't know. You know what it was? It didn't have that same, it didn't get to that level of like uncomfortable violence that we saw when Jay, was, when Roman was last in the hell in a cell. Because remember, we even said during the post show, last year when he fought Jay and it was like there were moments where it's like yo can somebody get in there and stop this shit <laughs> this is not fun anymore like what are we doing yeah right like, well you know what family. Like, stop the well let's go over some of the bumps that I liked in this before we before we put it out to pasture here so uh, I did like the toolbox bump you have to I I think that's my favorite cell bump just because it's funny just to hear like everything go clatter into the fucking ground just boom. Yeah, let me bring it back a little bit. And there's also listen to McAfee's commentary here. 
Again, I can't believe how much we're going to be listening to this guy's commentary, but he's hilarious. Just listen to what he fucking says. The entire Mysterio family has to be watching. The entire bloodline. Dad might have gotten into something he was kind of forced to get into because of disrespect of his miho. (laughs) 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 Oh, he said because he disrespected his miho. And you know what the bad part about it is? Even though you can't see him, in my head, I just see him snapping over the coal and giving two thumbs up like, yeah, I smoke oh spit. He disrespected his miho. McAfee entertains me in this whole thing. He's the, I can't believe what gold he is. This was one of the oh cases of like a firing and then a replacement became being perfect because we lost Tom Phillips and got fucking McAfee. Oh, man. So then we get the bump with the toolbox. But this is Roman Reigns we're talking about. And this is Hell in a Cell. And Rey Mysterio has Roman Reigns in all kinds of trouble early. Rey Mysterio doing everything he can. Meanwhile, now with a, a toolbox in hand. I just love that clattering to the ground. He made him inadvertently do a spinner I can dig it. Yeah, so I thought that was brutal. You know, I, I, I mean, not brutal, but it's a good bump. Obviously, there's safety for that, but I like that bump. So, so far, so good. There's uh, definitely some violence in this one, for sure. Let's see. What else did we have here? This, I thought, was also nasty this is the chair this i always thought it was brutal when any whenever you put this in any map the the chair around roman's neck now he's got a chair out ray mysterio pulling out all the stops to get revenge and become the champion oh my god no no, roman reigns is caught in the chair and then throws him man he jumps with that shit wedged in his neck and it wasn't even over here he grabs him again hey look at this and second one into the side of the cell and he's still in there, and he's selling it good, too. And the way he really has that shit wedged into his, his neck. And then the third one, I believe, is the turnbuckle, right? Yeah, look at that. Or the, or the corner there. That's into the post. That was a good bomb, man. You know, I thought that was really good. Yeah, that was Yeah, so like I said, I thought that those were, that was a brutal bump there. Uh... Roman going through that table, I like his. I like his selling when he went through it. Because well, you it his crash. Like it was more not even going through the table; it hitting the cell on the other side. Are you, are you talking about the crash and burn that he does next? Yeah. Gasping for air, trying to somehow regroup. He's been in this cage of hell before, but he has taken a lot of damage. Oh, the stereo sidestepping. Yeah, that's brutal, man. I love that recoil because it looked like he almost looked like he kept going to hit the cell too. Yeah, he did. Like he that really did throw his body into that thing, man. Yeah, yeah. And then Ray, this match definitely has some good stuff to it for sure. Yeah, just just for what they were trying to do, you know, to convey to put Roman over more because that's all you could really do in a match like this since they don't want to take the title off of him. And then uh, afterwards, the way he was throwing Mysterio around, like just slamming him into the side of the cell. Cell. That's another grown man. Roman Reigns is. <laughs> I love That's another grown man. And now it becomes. I just love how it's like he's never been in these scenarios Mysterio. before. So it's like, what the fuck? If I just Yeah, like, we are like he really put him down hard, you know? Brutal. Uh, like I said, I didn't I didn't mind this too much. And then Ray, he does the Eddie Guerrero frog splash onto the chair. 
That's another nasty bump. That pump never looks fun in any way, shape, or form. No, not at all. He took flight with the Eddie Frog Splash. So again, just going into just things that I uh that I really did enjoy here. Like I found I think again, this is what they were going to do on Sunday. So it's not like they diminished the value of it because it was SmackDown. And if anything, the reason they moved it was to give some elevation to SmackDown. I somewhat I don't agree completely, but I do understand the strategy. And they already still had the two Hell in a Cell matches because now we have girls matches, which we didn't have as much in the main spotlight anymore. Yeah, because I mean, uh, in the during past, the SmackDown, know, they basically uh upgraded Bianca and Bailey's match to a Hell in a Cell. Yeah, she came out there and she called her out and she basically said during that brawl. That's what caused Bailey to go out there. I didn't mention that. Sorry. But yeah, when she yeah. stormed out, that's because she said she wanted her at Hell in a Cell. And Bailey's answer was to just come out there and brawl. So then after this uh, Roman Reigns match finishes, and uh, he goes A over. A new version of that guillotine. Mm-hmm. Then he proceeds to uh, proceeds to kick his ass afterwards. Taps out twice to the head of the table here. I like that he tells him Happy Father's Day and he has Jimmy out there with him. And another Jimmy thing I did. Fall in line. Yeah, I, I love the fact that Jimmy's out there and he's like, oh, you know, I couldn't find Jay. He was answering your phone. What do you need from me? He's like, I don't need you. I need your brother. Go find your brother. <laughs> he looked at him. He looked at him like somebody brought him RC Cola instead of Coke. I bet that one Coke. Get me Coke. He said, I don't, I don't want Jey Uso at home. <laughs> Literally. Motherfucker wanted we, Legos and got Mega Blocks. Can you get me Jey Uso? We have Jey Uso at home. Jey Uso at home. <laughs> oh, it's so dark. Roman was pissed. Smackdown. Uh, go ahead. You go ahead, bro. Smackdown did 1.928 million viewers with a 0.5 in the 18 to 49 demographic up from last week, which had 1.853 million viewers. So that's really the only change there. So I think looking more into it, yeah, it definitely isn't the match itself that bothered me. I think it's the same thing that kind of, even though I enjoyed the match, kind of bugged me with Bailey and Bianca getting the cell match. It feels like Lashley and Drew was the only one that got the criteria right. And what I mean by that is they've been fighting each other forever. And it's like the cell is that final chapter. Like we wound up getting Owens and uh, Zayn tonight. I feel like Owens and Zayn should have been in the cell as long as those two have been fighting, fighting each other. That, that Their feud's almost tailor-made for it. So it's like I, don't, I guess I don't feel like it does the cell enough justice when you get these brief like one or two match fuse and it's like all right we're going inside hell in a cell it's like already and then but then you have the paradox where it's like so roman and ray i agree this didn't elevate to hell in a cell status i mean he threw his son sure i guess that kind of does try to make it from a certain perspective maybe as you and i not being parents can't relate i don't know but yeah i guess i don't i don't know if the cell i don't know if you go from you throw my grown kid to to cell if we're both wrestlers i'm not sure I'm not going to try to act like I have the empathy to say where my head would be <laughs> if this shit happened just because it's so unusual. But, <laughs> but, I, but I will say this. For me, it's weird because you got two guys and you're right about everything. This, like they, this had no impact because of what they did. But they both know what they're doing so well. You got Rey Mysterio, one of the greatest of all time. And then you have Roman who's coming to his own and become like the top guy here. 
So you have two guys who know exactly how to have a good match here, right? Yeah. And I don't want to go into this till we get to tonight's main event. Drew and Lashley are both visibly less good than everybody else. And I'm not saying Drew and Lashley are shit. I'm not saying that they suck or they're garbage or I don't appreciate them and they don't bum hard. I'm just saying everybody else is better. I'm just like if I think that a twenty dollar bill is more than a five dollar bill, I'm not trying to offend the five dollar bill. I'm just pointing out the value of the money when I go to the store. That's how I'm looking at this. This pay-per-view made me realize that at the end of the day, it's not about anybody being bad, but it's that Drew and and uh Lash and Lashley are both just visibly worse than everybody else. They're not as good as anybody else on this card. There's not a single person that they're better than. They're giving them all the right shit. It is a build-up match. I was thinking about that as it happened. They built this up good. It's been going on for a long time. It culminated in a hell in a cell. This will be the end of it, as they call it in the in the the, the business. It'll be the, the, the freaking blow-off of the whole feud, you know? And uh, you're, you were correct about all these things. But the two of them just are not as good as everybody else who also had a match here, you know? And yeah, it's like, that's, that's, that's really the unfortunate part. Because I was watching the match and it was like, ah, the, you, guys are, you guys didn't do anything particularly wrong. It just sucks that everyone else was so much better for you. It's kind of like you were one of the smartest kids in the class, but you just didn't get the scholarship. <laughs> right. And everybody else did, though. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. You're still the smartest Bianca kid. And Bailey definitely had the better cell match. The better cell match. They had like that was it. That was that was hell in a cell. I'm not even yeah. trying to diminish the, the value of anything, but I literally think that if you paid top dollar for this, you got your money's worth at the end. Of it. I don't even want to spoil, but it's like that. Was like, oh man, we got to go into this now because it, it is crazy. Right. We're gonna start off with the uh, with the kickoff. And I'm, I will say this. The kickoff match was uh, not announced. It was Natalia versus Mandy Rose. It was both one half of two tag teams in a, in a match. And it's going to sound crazy, but I always analyze wrestling. And I always say I analyze what works as opposed to what doesn't, not what I want. Tonight is a very, very good entry point for anybody to get into wrestling. I know it's going to be like, what are you? You're crazy. I think if I was trying to get somebody into modern wrestling and I just wanted them to understand what it is like what the sport is how it works why you like it what 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 the whole thing there's no better formula to me than for them to first watch the kickoff from natalia versus mandy rose and then right afterwards watch bailey versus bianca belair because i think it pretty much sets the standard and gives a good explanation in itself of what wrestling is because that kickoff match which is designed to entice people to buy pay-per-views that haven't viewed this before it was a match that was the fundamentals of wrestling Natalia Mandy Rose did wrestling the way it's supposed to be done. There were holds, transitions, rope breaks, things of that nature. Then in the contrast to that, you now have what would be the top girls in the championship match going next. And this match is in contrast of the other match showing brutality. And now having seen a match that had a lot more of the fundamentals, the person would get a good psychological grasp of, oh, you're not supposed to do this, or this is considered more edgy. You know what I mean? And they both did a good job of conveying that, like the two different styles of matches here. And then Natalia Mandy Rose really surprised me as a kickoff match because Mandy Rose has gotten really, really good. Yeah, I mean, she's I know improved I'm, drastically. 
I mean, I know a lot of people are probably get heat for saying this, but if I had to do a budget cut and I would have had this situation and didn't realize how good Mandy got, I might have cut Lana too, man. Not for nothing, because Lana they've given like ten times more attention to, and television time to, and yeah. training to, and like she's gotten better. But Mandy Rose, who's not really gotten much attention or not been in the spotlight, has on her own gotten pretty damn good. So it's kind of like I don't know where I want to invest my money into the girl who I'm literally focusing all of my energy into that I'm trying to get over and trying to give gimmicks to and trying to learn how to wrestle. Uh, that's tough, but not really. Because you know, Lana's, let's just be real about it. Lana's not really that good. You know, she was, she had a, we liked her, but did she ever, well, she ever have a fantastic match? No. Like, did she ever even do as good as what Mandy Rose did tonight? No. I don't know, man. I mean, I, I, if anyone argues with that, just g- g- give me the link. I mean, some yeah. of her matches have gotten a lot of praise because they've been better than they had any business being, but it's not yeah. the same thing. And a lot of it has to be because she's working with Natalia. I mean, it's obvious to me when I'm looking at the match. They're not fooling anybody here. It's not like, oh, man, the Rose just suddenly powered up. I can see by the way this match was structured that Natalia had put the match together with her and showed her how to do all that shit. Not just some of it. I would venture to say all of it, the whole thing. But, I mean, it's able to be done, and it looks really, really good. Really convincing stuff. Oh, yeah. You know? I like the back and forth and the, and, and the striking overall. Normally, I won't really care that much about a match like this. opponent to exert energy to kick out time after time. Cover again. Lifting the leg. Well, he's not done yet. Body scissors applied. Mandy Rose with exceptionally powerful legs. Using them to squeeze the breath out of Natalia. Now going underneath the chin, making it a little bit worse. And think about what the words... Oh. There you go. I was going to say, think about all the words Natalia has dispelled towards Mandy Rose about only be concerned about your social media following, only be concerned about your aesthetic uh, attire. That's got to be motivating for Mandy Rose to prove Natalia wrong. Oh, look at these rapid fire rights and less from Natalia. Natalia's trying, trying to get her, her legs under her, getting in some sort of maneuver here. Ma- Mandy could be looking for a modified guillotine of some sort arm is over the top she can get it from here especially with the legs locked in that guard position it makes the guillotine a lot stronger Talia back up just beast in her way out yeah see good stuff there so my only complaint psychology wise and that's getting a little deep I don't want to nitpick here but it's just because I did notice it is that the first point which is what we just showed what we just showed you guys was the first point of broken momentum now, the thing about it is that first point of broken momentum with the back and forth of the transitions, it happened when Mandy pulls a heel move and she essentially yanks Natalia through them between the middle ropes. And then she turns on the aggression. Psychology wise, what pissed me off about this was there wasn't anything that triggered that moment of aggression that made her go into aggression mode, which she stays in most of the time, which is what you just saw, like the, the her tune turning it up and going into that. Usually in a, in a situation like that, there'd be like this frustration thing that happens. You know what I mean? Where she can't get out of it. Maybe Natalia has her in like a wrist lock or something and she's trying to roll through and she can't. She breaks, she, she, you know, and she winds up having to get to the ropes to break it. Then when she gets back to the middle of the ring, Natalia once again applies this. So two times now she winds up getting through. Then the third time she rolls up in a little bit. Then, so, then she resorts to some shit like that. It was just kind of like they were having a good match. They were exchanging things. At one point at the end of the exchange, Natalia even applauded her. Literally, she clapped her hands. I'm really good. You know, you did a good job. And then in the middle later, she was like, you fucking bitch. And it was like, wait a minute. Is there a piece missing where she got frustrated with you being vettering her? Some shit like <laughs> just like she was just angry, <laughs> like rah. 
Uh, but other than that, you know, I did like a lot of stuff that they had this nice butterfly abdominal stretch that Mandy applied. She had both arms hooked which I don't believe the regular abdominal stretch you do that with. So I'm going to say butterfly for that. Natalia hits Mandy with a snapmare takedown from hell. When she hits with the snapmare, she flips her literally over the top of her shoulder instead of like going underneath crouching. I thought that was really solid. Um, yeah, overall, like I said, I, I did enjoy it. I know it's just a kickoff, but I'm not going to ever diminish a kickoff. When it's not a kickoff, I'll skip it. Destin, I'll tell a shitty joke and then move on. But I think that you should watch the kickoff. <laughs> that, one's, that one's for you, Sam. Yeah, as a matter of fact, here was the Hell in a Cell kickoff of my chat rooms. In case you didn't know, we're going to drop that actual whole thing there. Just watch the match from there if you want. I believe we already shared it on our social media. We already shared those kickoffs as they go live. So you can just check all of our social media and it should be up on any of them. Um, the only other spot I think that we had here, which you see it all the time, it was the Vintage Natalia spot, as they call it, where she, uh, I believe right after that snap, snapmare, because that's how she gets them into the seated position. This was just a brutal snapmare. She does the thing where she hits the ropes, springboards off of their back, hits the ropes, and then comes in with a basement drop kick. I don't think there's a name for it. Fucking kick Mandy's body down. She's a lay down bitch. (laughs) Yeah, I think I got that here. Let me grab it and put it up. There we go. Vintage Natalia. Got to make sure you stretch before you take that shit. You see the way she snapped her fucking down? Yes, because she doesn't know how to take it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> She'll be okay. She'll be okay. That move will that teach you. baby's face off the fucking mat. Like, come on, Daddy. Damn. There are certain moves in wrestling that if you don't know how to take them, you'll learn. <laughs> you That's know? one of those fucking moves. You don't know how to take that shit. That fucking broken nose and concussion will tell you how to do it. Can you imagine somebody that gets face planted by the right? You wind up hitting them inadvertently with the blackout. <laughs> Yeah, he's no fucking music. I shared that to you guys on social media as well. But yeah, like I said, Mandy Rose got really good. I did like the grappling sequence um, with Natty. Very, very technically sound. You know, um, everything was good here. You know? Yeah. Now we get into the pay-per-view. And I have to say, they literally... Open the pay-per-view, and I'm not making this up. What did you see? I need to hear, before I talk, before I give my input, what did you think of the intro of Hell in a Cell? It's, you're going to laugh at this because it's such an obscure reference, and I don't, I don't, nobody who plays Warframe is, isn't going to get it. it. It reminded me of the fucking announcer later for the Nightwave stuff. Because whenever really? you play a Nightwave mission, she sounds almost like her. Let me Let me show you. Let me see if I could. I want to find WWE's clip. I already have where it came from in our in our system i'm trying to find theirs because i don't know if they put do you guys know if they put up theirs no nobody knows i don't know if they did yeah because that's hmm. what i want to give me a sec here bear with me just want to find a lot of you guys are probably going to be impatient just because you already know what it is <laughs> okay we're waiting for the funny sometimes you gotta wait for the funny no it's not funny. i just want you guys to see where they got this from i mean maybe it's funny yeah, they didn't they didn't post it. Well what they did was they did like a DJ and it was a it was a woman's a woman's voice and you just see her lips as she's speaking into a microphone and she's narrating everything that's gonna happen tonight. And uh this was literally taken from a movie, a very, very popular movie, and I'm gonna put one of the clips on screen here and then we're gonna talk about it. All right now, for all you bompers out there in the big city, 
All you street people with an ear for the action, I've been asked to relay a request from the Gramercy Ritz. It's a special for the Warriors. That's that real live bunch from Coney. And I do mean the Warriors. Here's a hit with them in mind. <laughs> oh, this brings me back. So anybody who doesn't get it already, there's a movie, very popular movie, one of my favorites, called The Warriors. And it's about gang territory, and they were framed for this murder. And every time they get past another gang on their journey back to Coney Island, it cuts to that woman, and she's explaining, oh, the Warriors just made it past this or whatever. And this was, like, how the movie worked. And that's what we're seeing here. Like, the different gangs are now all coming out looking for the Warriors. Watch it. If you haven't seen this movie, you owe it to yourself while you're on this earth, I'm telling you, to watch this movie. You don't understand. You do not understand. But anyway, that is what they took that intro from. Which, by the way, just to segue a little bit more on the Warriors, the, Blu-way, the, the Blu-ray version of this, if you could find that, the HD remake, literally when, when it transitions from scenes, they do this cool thing where it, like, it literally becomes animated and it becomes a comic book panel that pans out and then pans to the next page and then becomes them again. Like, that's the scene transition in this. So I thought that was a beautiful effect. That's but really it, yeah, so if you can find that word, I believe it's a special uh, anniversary edition. Whenever the scenes change, like they all literally, like it'll fade them into somehow they become like cartoon versions of themselves, and it pans out like you're reading a book and the page turns. I was like, wow, this is fantastic. I know there's enthusiasts out there that are like, no, we like it the original way, but come on, have a little fun. That being said, the they up. they took that from the Warriors. That intro that we saw and tonight's Hell in the Cell was from the Warriors. And the original, uh, I believe, I don't know how to say her name right. She She's passed away already. She was an actor. It was Lynn Thickpen? Is it Lynn Thickpen? But the voice was actually Pat Floyd that you heard in that original clip. So, uh, yeah, definitely a little bit of a culture thing. That I got to give it to them for doing the warrior thing. If she comes out here, I'll just put the clip at the end as well. Trying to bring it back a little. Good warrior. All the way back to Coney. You hear me, babies? Good. Real good. Adios. I think that might be the one. Wherever we got that clip, that might be the one. Because the way it transitioned at the end there was one of the comic things. So they took <laughs> it from there. But anyway, yeah. That is exactly where that came from. For anyone that was wondering. And I popped when I saw it. Just because it was like, oh, wow. They did the Warriors thing. A lot of people aren't going to know that. But that is from the Warriors. Which had a great Rockstar game. Oh, yeah. That game was great. Yeah, we actually, the, the the final chapter of it was the whole movie. They give you like a pro, a, a prequel that's like 12 or 13 chapters, and the final one where they have to run for their lives was the whole movie done. I was like, I blew my mind, you know. Who who, did, who didn't grow up wanting to be the war chief? Especially if you were in Brooklyn or Queens. Con, you dig it. <laughs> anyway. SmackDown women's title, Hell in a Cell match. Bianca Bella defending her championship against Bayley. 55% of you feel that Bianca Belair would be retaining here. 31% of you say that Bailey was going to come in with the upset. The finish for this yeah. is the KOD on the fucking ladder. On the ladder. On, on the open p- ladder. On an open ladder on the part of it that's so, open. So when you think about it, she got fucking, she got a double because it's hitting the ladder and then it's the shock when the ladder slams shut. This match was violent and it was 
great. This was a really solid. This I would I'm going to venture out to say in the WWE universe, this is a five star match, and I really pity anyone that didn't really. If you watch this match out the corner of your eye while texting, go back and watch this. Go back, sit down and watch this match. Or you're not a wrestling fan. This was this was crazy. So Bailey, she uses her chair. And this is great. She has a chair, right? She uses her chair to sweep Bianca's out of the ring. Because Bianca's chair's on the floor, like, within arm's reach of her. But instead of using it to go at Bianca, she uses it to just sweep hers out. So now she's the only one with a chair. And then she lunges at her. Essentially, Bianca winds up reversing this into a sunset flip. But the cool thing about the sequence is that during the sunset flip, Bailey relinquishes control of the chair. But when they roll out and recover, it, it resets. Because she's now standing up, once again, with the chair in her hand. And Bianca's still, once again, standing up defenseless. You know, so I did like that little way that it happened. The other um, thing I loved in this match, it kind of became one of the stories, which is why I knew Bianca was probably taking away this match. Bianca Belair is fucking strong. Yes, very, did very you strong. See her pick up those steps like, like those things were fucking two pounds. Yeah, she throws and them and everything. Them shits to the outside of the ring. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a lot of this with Bianca using her hair as a weapon. She winds up drop kicking the chair away from Bailey. At one point when she has the chair, that's how she finally gets rid of it. Bianca winds up dodging Bailey's right hand, and I, it, they should have emphasized this more. I think they did, though. So they're on the top turnbuckle, and Bailey's up there with her, and Bianca goes for a right hand, and, and uh, well, Bailey goes for a right hand, and Bianca backflips off the top turnbuckle as a way to avoid getting struck. And uh, Bailey in this match, the entire time she's working as a heel, she's using joint manipulation, a lot of arm wrenches and stuff. And like I was saying earlier during the SmackDown segment, like she works so much better as a heel, like her offense is much better. Even during the cover, and I'm glad Cole caught it, if that was him out there, even during the cover, because I've noticed this a lot, the way she digs her forearm into the face of Bianca during each cover is something yeah, that, that old school Bailey wouldn't do. That is like a very old school veteran thing to do. Like you got your cover on somebody, you're putting your whole forearm across their face. Because the whole you know? thing is like you're gonna kick out, but you're gonna hurt yourself. You're gonna fucking hurt yourself doing it. Yeah, that's like an Austin Aries style move. You know, I like that about her. Also, I do like the fact that she's hitting V triggers. I mean, let's call it what it is. She's adopted the V trigger. She's hit the hit to V trigger right into Bianca's jaw at one point. You know, then she winds up stepping on her hair, and then she's tying it into like the bottom rope, and then uh. But the cool thing about it is once she's tied in the bottom rope, when Bailey when Bailey goes to V trigger her, like she she winds up extending the hair that's tied against the rope, essentially tripping Bailey into the steel steps that are set up in the ring with her own hair, you know. And uh, like I said, it was this was violent, man. Like they they put they yeah. they put a lot of thought into this. I don't One know who I the hell because we usually see the spot done with two weapons. Fucking Bailey using the chair to block Bianca's hair with. Yes, yes. When she first came out with that, that was that creative. Was, Mm-hmm. And then Bailey, at one point, she gets desperate and she winds up biting Bianca. And Pat fucking McAfee. What did he say with this? I don't know if I, I heard him. Yo, he was just like, she bit her. And the funny thing is, this bit went on for like 50 seconds. It was fucking amazing. It's like he'd never seen another person bite somebody before. He was just like, he, she bit another human being that yeah, penetrates she... skin. She bit her. Like, what the fucking audio McAfee? It's the funniest fucking thing. The whole bit he goes, it's amazing. I don't think I have it here, unfortunately. I Damn just have it. the yeah McAfee's nuts though. But yeah, there's for anyone that's watching the video. We do have the visual of the bite here. She really bit her, like if she was snacking. Like, damn, that shit was so fucking funny. It went on for like at least a solid minute. Oh my god, it was so funny. I'm gonna drop that one for you guys as well. But nah, this uh definitely having Belair go over was definitely the right choice. I mean, yeah, Bailey's SmackDown Women's title was almost fantastic. 
But the only thing that you would have ran to that would have been a problem if Bailey would have went over, she's ele- she elevated that SmackDown Women's title about as high as it could go. But then at the same time, the belt did the same for her. So it's like there's almost there's nothing to gain there anymore besides, of course, the entertainment factor. But I almost think at this point, Bailey's outweighed the title when it comes to entertainment. But then yeah. also you have this girl, Bianca Belair, who, I mean, she's literally faster and stronger than virtually every girl on that roster. In fact, I think after some of the stuff we've seen since she's been called up, I'd, be, I'd almost be safe to say that's probably the strongest girl on the main roster right now. Yeah. And I do so want to like say this, this is this. this uh, go ahead. I was going to say, like, this performance was absolutely amazing because it's like now she's shown the strength, she's shown the speed, but she's also shown the violence. Yeah, you're right about that. Definitely. And you know what? This is my uh, this is my favorite match of 2021 so far. Oh, this was great. We're, we're literally we're there's June 21st now because it's past midnight. That marks if you really look at it, we're in the middle of June, which puts us in the middle of the year. There's exactly six more months left of this. <laughs> you know what I mean? So they have six more months to uh, for this year to end and for them to impress us beyond this, because I really thought that this was cool. Oh also, yeah, Stacey's right. Fucking the, 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 the fucking antics with Bailey and Michael Cole fucking continued because I can't remember what it was. That, that, that what what, what happened? Did. What happened was Bailey taped two kendo sticks together because of what happened last time she was in Hell in a Cell when the kendo sticks broke. So he kept bringing up things that happened last time. First, he brought up the fact that oh, she learned the lesson from the last one, and then when she went to go bridge the. Uh, <laughs> go rip the candlesticks in the uh in between the cell and the and the ring he brought it up again he goes I'll, shut I'll up show... michael cole they watch me they know like damn yeah i'll, I'll bring it up here <laughs> oh my god shut up michael they know they watch me yeah shut up dude. <laughs> <laughs> For what I've heard as well, actually, I guess I don't know which one of them came up with this, but Cole gets a kick out of it. Apparently, Michael Cole has a generally try not to laugh during that. Bianca stalking Bailey, and now Belair punched Bailey. That is brutal. She took her own kendo sticks. On the challenger. Shut up, Michael. She says. Then she ends up through a okay, in the middle of Bailey. the championship and a kick out by Bailey at two. Oh man! And like I love what um the ending sequence of this match was fucking beautiful because I don't know what Bianca was going for, but she missed. And then she fucking sent on Bailey, who's laid out on the ladder, and then pulls the ladder in, opens it up, and then KODs that pole girl straight to hell. <laughs> Oh yeah, man, that is crazy stuff. Also, let me get that got that for you guys up on social media. Oh my god, yeah, Bailey is fucking fantastic. Yeah, no, they, they, this was this was fantastic, man. What a good way to start a pay per view, you know? Yeah, these two had these two had an absolutely amazing match. Yeah, for sure. Uh so what else happens in this match? Uh they well at one point Bianca gets a steel chair. Eventually, she gets it kicked away by Bailey. Um, Bailey puts Bianca's arm in one of those arm chair style trap things, and then Bailey winds up tying her hair to the bottom of the rung, to the bottom rung of a steel chair. If you ever see a steel chair, to the bottom rung. She ties it there, and she sits down in the chair, basically resting her boot 
into her face. Like, this was some evil shit. And she's going, what are you going to do? You're trapped. You're trapped. <laughs> and it's like her fucking head's stuck under the rung of the chair with, with Bailey's boot. Like, she got to look up into the boot to try to pull herself free or stay down. That was some bullshit. That was like, damn. Oh, yeah. And she eventually gets to punch her off and stuff. Um, yeah, this was nasty. When she had her in the corner also, she hits her with, like, a V-trigger in the corner. A V-trigger on her arm. God. This was a, yeah, this was a physical ass match. Let me bring that up on the screen here. There you go for anybody looking in the chat. Oh, that's still the bite. Sorry. You've seen enough biting already. Right. But yeah, running knee. Take my word for it. Not like you ever seen a running knee before. I don't want to hold the damn the whole damn show. I will link you to it. As a matter of fact. Here you go. What else? What else do we have? You remember any other spots? Anything else you like about this? I think we covered pretty much all the big stuff that happened. I mean, I'm wondering. She, I don't uh, think this feud should kind of continue after this, but I want to see what's next for Bianca and Bailey for sure. Yeah. Well, also, let's not forget because there was still more. There's a part Bianca ties her own hair to Bailey's wrist, and it essentially oh, becomes yeah. it becomes a bull rope match. But she's using her hair as the bull rope. And then she drags her out of the ring. And then while still attached to her bull rope style, she beats her with the kendo sticks. And then uh, at this point in the match, psychologically, Bailey does what they call in wrestling when the heel shows her ass. Because now she's on her knees and she's begging the ref. She wants to leave. She doesn't want to be a part of this anymore. She wants to get out. And the ref is like, no, you know, this is a match. The only way for you to get out is for one of you to win the match you know, and she's crying and everything. And when she's crying and against this this uh this cell, this this gives uh Bianca the opportunity to kick her harder into the cell, which is essentially what she winds up doing. And I will put that up there for you now. <laughs> it's funny when she tied her hair to Bianca to, to Bailey's wrist. My instinct was, oh god, she's gonna fucking Okada the poor girl because she's showing up here clothesline after clothesline after clothesline. Like, it instantly reminded me of that shit when fucking, like, Okada grabbed you by the wrist and just rainmaker you all to oblivion. Yeah. Again, I think this is my match of 2021. If you didn't watch it, watch it. Holy shit. I had a blast watching this. This was hands down match of the night. Yeah. Everything that sequenced together into everything else made sense. It It was just so good. You know, then there was the ladder struggle that they have. And Bailey ultimately uh, comes out on top. Uh, she hits that rose plant in the ladder on Bianca, essentially fucking up her own knee while simultaneously hurting Bianca. Uh, and then when they, when after there's an exchange, Bianca winds up hitting Bailey with a senton across her back while she's laid across the ladder. So again, the, the brutality in this match never stopped coming. This was to and me exactly... everything did was more vital than the last. Yeah, like this was a gem. And, and again... Like the the storytelling and and the the lead into all of this and Bailey also I like those are my favorite kind of characters in wrestling. When you're a good heel, that's a comedic heel, that's fun in games and jokes and funny costumes, and then you get in the ring and you really kick the shit out of somebody. You know, like when Bailey came into the ring, there was no ding dong or anything. She came in in all dark colors and shit. You know, I mean, she looked like she came in there in battle armor, like she was there to kill this bitch. You know, I really like that. What character development? You know, we got to give credit where credit is due. Again, this oh, is yeah. my pick right now for match of 2021. I think tonight was a good night for the E. Okay. What's going Moving on, along. Hey, what's up, man? Moving along, we have a singles match of Cesaro versus Seth Rollins. 
voting results came in with 60% of you feeling Cesaro would be going over here, 40% of you going for Seth Rollins. Finished being Rollins with a sudden small package, right? Yeah, snuck out the back door with this one. Yeah, look at that. It's it, it's like they just don't want to push Cesaro. They were just I, like, I, I how could we have this good storyline, but there's something missing from it? Oh, yeah. We got to not push Cesaro. Now it's perfect. <laughs> right. It was just, I was waiting for it, too. Like, I was sitting here. You know what's funny, though? Like, I was trying to, like, just organize my stuff. Like, I'm organizing my drink and my peeps and everything. You know, if you're anything like me, you use those moments. You treasure those moments between matches almost as much as the moments when the matches are going on. And I kid you not, I swear to God about this. My exact thought process, and I wish I would have said it, was, with my luck, I'm not even going to get the intros to, like, finish everything I'm doing here. Because of fucking Rollins. And right when I said that, and Rollins from behind, I was like, fucking. And I said out loud, I went, fucking Rollins. <laughs> I was like, I knew you weren't going to do the whole intro. <laughs> it's just so funny, dude. Like, I swear to God. Because I, I was thinking in my head, I was like, knowing him, I'm not. I was like, oh, I got to hurry up and get, get ready to sit down and watch him. Because knowing him, I was like, I hear Rollins from behind. <laughs> fucking Rollins. And Stacey goes, but you didn't miss that much. He just came out. I'm like, I know, but I knew I wasn't going to get a whole fucking intro. <laughs> I knew when it was his match, I was going to do it. Like, somehow I knew it was going to be him, man. <laughs> like, it, couldn't have, it couldn't have been better time, man. Like, it's right away. He did not it. running this one time because you fuck. It's, he did it. When I looked up, it was just how I saw it in my head, too. I was like, that's like just what I thought you were going to do, man. Right, bastard. Like, unbelievable. You know, before the match ambush, there was lots of good displays of Cesaro's heavy lifting here, a bunch of deadlifts on freaking Rollins, pun intended, I guess. At one point, he charges at him and he catches him out of the air. Yeah, that was like what the first thing I think they did during the match. Yeah, let me see if I can find his arm. Catches him. Is this it? Yeah, like when he jumps at him. <laughs> like Cesaro, man. Holy crap. That, I'm like, yo, what was the game plan? Yeah, well, that was uh, all right. I don't know. Maybe he was going to try to do a Luthes press. Jump on top of him, start pummeling him, or sunset flip. This I don't know. Makes me laugh all the time because I always want to. I always want to just walk up to the other guy and go, "Yo, what was the, like the preferred out, out, the preferred fucking outcome?" You know what that is? That's one of those. It's over, Anakin. I have the higher ground spots. You know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you underestimate my power. <laughs> like, were you gonna jump over him? I was gonna fling my body and let God and anime hold the rest. I was going to use my whole body as the weapon. That's how much I hate this guy. I hate when he swings me, so I'll just throw myself at him. Anyway. Motherfucker. Oh. But yeah, this, this match was a lot of Seth playing dirty with eye pokes and heel antics. Cesaro hits Rollins. Um, he, at one point, he kicks Rollins' glove, right? Because you know Rollins wears that glove. So he takes Rollins' glove, which, by the way, isn't it interest, interesting that both Rollins and, and Roman have like gloves? A single glove? Like fucking MJ and shit? Yeah, it's too bad we don't have a third shield member. They could all wear a single glove, and when they put the fist in, they'd all put in the new gloved fist. No? Don't say it again? Okay, I won't. <laughs> I won't even... I don't even know why, but I, but I, I just know not to backpedal. <laughs> but anyway, uh, when he when he kicks Rollins' glove, when Cesaro clicks Rollins' glove, Pat McAfee goes, he kicks it like the Euros! And he goes, congrats to the Brits on getting it done, by the way. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I'm so glad you confirmed it because in my head I was like, no fucking way he just came out he goes, of the goes, He punted his glove like a piss missile. <laughs> Good striking in this match. 
Oh my god. Oh my god. Good striking. Good match. But McAfee once again was there. And uh, he's a bigger fan than any of us apparently. Like Pat McAfee being here is one of the greatest additions ever. Uh, but yes, this was, I mean, you have Cesaro, you have Rollins, you have two of the better people here. And now, oh, an uppercut by Cesaro. Look how brutal, I love his European uppercuts, you know and that. Now, oh, an uppercut by Cesaro. As if it's not fair game. And again, dropping to Cesaro, oh. just get more ticked off. He's worked his entire life for this moment. Yeah, the more pain Cesaro's in, the more he keeps trying to fight back. He's What's McAfee talking about? He worked his entire life for one moment. This is an exhibition match, there's no titles on the line. One day I'm gonna fight Seth Rollins. You let him fucking talk, goddammit. <laughs> here comes Cesaro. It wasn't a fluke. I'm supposed to be here. He's saying to Seth Rollins. <laughs> fucking McAfee kills me, man. <laughs> Cesaro able to counter, able to block, and now with Rollins. Wow, that was brutal. Rollins again. Taking it. See, this was physical. And there it is. There's, there's the glove. He tries to stuff his own glove in his mouth. Oh. Yeah. McAfee, man. I love how, like, Cesaro straight hit a fucking rainmaker in this shit, though. Yeah, right? Short arm clothesline. But you can't get, if, if you don't sell it, you have to put it over first for it to be the rainmaker. Yeah, and that, and that involves you, a lot of work goes into that. Exactly. That has that's between you and the truck because you got to strike that pose, and they have to know to hit that zoom if you're going to really <laughs> put it over. No, every time you watch an Okada match when he hits the fucking pose, that camera zoomed. The fucking best friend shit they got that from Okada. I was about to say that if you want to put over any clothesline or hug, you need that camera angle because something about that shot and the crowd goes ape shit. Mm-hmm. And of course, it wouldn't be a Cesaro match if we didn't get the swing. It's funny to think about. (laughs) It's funny to think about the fact that uh, this whole thing started because of the fact that Seth Rollins didn't appreciate the fact that Cesaro swings him. And here we are once again, swinging, you know, like one would almost say that it's come full circle. (laughs) Multiple times. Yeah, think about it. This was the plan. Oh, this is One, good writing. Who doesn't two, like... Who, three, yeah, look at that. Four, it came full circle. This storyline came full circle. It all started because he was, he was pissed off that he got swung by him, and it culminates with him getting swung by him. That's what I call making a storyline come full circle. How could you not like this writing? Well, no, let me not start looking. <laughs> Save that for Monday. <laughs> No, in all seriousness, they had a wonderful night. I think that every, yeah, I enjoyed this, everything. This, I, this literally did come full circle, metaphorically and literally. I mean, that's actually the definition of good writing. Whether you guys like it or not, you have to give them credit for the fact that oh, this yeah. came full circle with a circle. <laughs> Seven of them. <laughs> so, maybe now tomorrow night he'll be pissed off that he was swung and went and once revenge. It's an endless loop. This is the song that doesn't end. Oh, no. <laughs> so people started singing and not knowing what it was. And they'll continue singing it forever just because. Motherfucker's going to be on fucking Smackdown. This is the middle, the middle of our story. Like, no matter what, they're just the eternal feud of Seth Rollins. Fucking new fight forever. In this case, swing forever. Oh, man. Great stuff. But Cesaro, like we said, they just were like, how, how, what is this missing? 
What is this missing? Hmm, how about we job Cesaro? Okay. Excuse me, Cesaro. It seemed like after a back and forth match, Seth Rollins was just able to eke out a victory. Was he just one step ahead of you tonight? <sighs> I mean, I guess. I mean, I lost. Uh, it sucks. But, you know, I've, I've been there before, so give me a couple of days. I'll be back. See you on SmackDown. All right. Well, what are your thoughts, Cesaro? Rollins, what's ha- what happens next for both of these guys? I mean, I guess they keep going. I mean, he got him by a roll-up. You don't just end the feud on a roll-up. Yeah. Well, I don't know how much more of this I want, though. Yeah, but we gonna get it. Did he even do anything wrong? I don't think so. Hey, and what's up, Ashley, over in the YouTube chat? You were lucky. I only, I only, because we had this up last night when we were doing uh, Fantasy Star. And I just happened to put it on as an experiment because I really YouTube's only just me pressing an extra button next to the Facebook and Twitch buttons that I just literally can't stretch my fingers far enough across the panel to press. I said, you know what? Boop. And Ashley, sure enough, she's there. So hi. I'm feeling athletic today. Fuck it. Boop. Yeah, I put no stock in them usually, but we're, we're there for now. I can't promise just because our content and them doesn't mix and we don't have as much control as the servers that we actually are on where pretty much we can do especially on our podcast where we can do whatever the hell we want but with them they're they're very anal and i don't really like to have to filter myself or destin or anything that we play do or say on here so that that has a lot to factor in as long as they don't bother me or hit me up for any shit then i will grace them with my presence otherwise fuck off anyway anyway was that the end of covering that match yes i believe that it was all right. Next, we got uh, Alexa Bliss and Shayna Baszler. Alexa Bliss with her mystical powers against Shayna Baszler. Voting results came in with 57% of you in the community saying Alexa Bliss is going to go over. 29% of you, on the other hand, saying it'll be a DQ no contest. And then 14% of you saying that Shayna's going to go over. Finish, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> fucking finishes obviously bliss goes over uh now going into this match the storyline that they up to go with is the fact that because alexa bliss has fiend powers now her her joints can no longer be the joint manipulation that Shayna does and all of her offense doesn't work on alexa bliss so it doesn't matter if you bend her arms or whatever. She she has the power of the fiend now. So I'll just put it on the screen. She basically knows that. See, she does the spot right there. That's the Dakota Kai killing spot, right? Right on Alexa's elbow. The first time in this match, Alexa Bliss it actually bellowing in agony. And the Baszler in the zone. This is where she wants to be. See, and she's not really selling. She's not actually hurt because she's still possessed or whatever. See, and even the joint manipulation, none of these things are working on her. Now the fingers, a small joint manipulation from she looks you directly in the eye. Yeah, that's the other thing. Her new power is now, if you, if you make eye contact with her, she takes control over you. I would say we're foreshadowing in the other thing. So now she has control over Shayna here. She screams, look at me. She let go. Oh. I don't know how to explain what just happened here. 
But whatever it is, Alexa Bliss taking full advantage. Like with Reginald on the outside, they're going with where he's trying not to look right now. Yeah, well, angry Alexa Bliss. Do you like her? Because some people are saying that they ruined her when they started giving her demon powers and shit compared to the original Alexa Bliss. Do you feel it's ruined? So, I like it because it's such a it's such a complete opposite of the characters that she's played before. And I love her commitment to the character. It's just some of the storylines don't make sense to me. Like, why like, like why is she all of a sudden fucking with Shayna? Like, why is she, like, just picking at Reggie, the fucking doll? I don't get that. Like, I like yeah. it, but I wouldn't have sacrificed the fiend for it. For me, I look at it like this. I think making her physically unaffected especially at her size, is kind of stupid. They're missing a key element that used to be in these magical gimmicks. And that's the element where people that don't believe in magic or powers can interpret this in a different way. And what I mean by that is that when Undertaker or Kane bumps and they're unaffected, sure, you can interpret it that the dark power has protected them, or you could interpret it that they're big physical fucking guys, giant scary men who happen to also have dark powers, that are fucking bikers that would legit kick the shit out of you. You know what I mean? Both interpretations are accurate. Why did The Undertaker get up? Is it because he's a seven-foot-tall fucking monster that's built, that's athletic and scary as shit, or is it because of the dark side? The whole point is that when you have a character like that, since he's physically and mythologically covered, you don't even care which what the reason is. You know? If you get punched in the face by a Saiyan, I'm sure you don't ask, was it his Saiyan power? Was it his God power? Was it just that he worked out this morning? And, you know, <laughs> it's like, no, it's, it doesn't matter at this point. I don't give a fuck what the reason is. I know that this guy's strong. That's what it is. It's like you have to be physically and mythologically and magically imposing. And I get what they're trying to do with Alexa Bliss where she has powers and she's unstoppable or something. But unfortunately, when you do this, you're now going completely into the realm of fiction because we can visibly see that there's no way that someone as small as Alexa Bliss is going to fight Shayna Baszler who knows these moves and can manipulate her joints like that Shayna Baszler would kill her kill her in every Shana, it wouldn't even Shana be 25 seconds or with people bigger than her it wouldn't even be 25 it would be almost rivaling the speed of a gunshot going off how fast she'd be able to break her limbs and it's not even like I'm saying Shayna Baszler is this great MMA champion or guru or anything she's she's solid but I'm saying when you're looking at someone that's that level of training versus Alexa Bliss, and then you also factor in the physical difference, it wouldn't even be 25 seconds. Like, dude, I'm not even exaggerating. I know you know this, Destin. It wouldn't even be 25 seconds with a stopwatch. Oh, my God. I mean, fucking, <laughs> you, I you know, through, just because I got curious one day, breaking off uh, for a second, just because I got curious one day, I watched some of uh, Shayna's old fights. Shayna actually has a little bit of piece of history behind her. She's apparently the first woman to ever get a submission via, um, I don't know if you remember the submission, the twister. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's the first girl to ever tap somebody with that. Yeah, you see? That's and what I mean. This... Was, you want to see some scary shit? Look up the fucking twister. That is a horrifying submission. She would have broken Bliss in two with that move. Yeah, so Bliss is tiny. If they want to sell her evil, being invincible isn't the way to do it. Because the, the rest of those guys that had that had the backing of also being physically imposing. Now, you could you watch this. Give me mm-hmm. that she's in pain, but she can just deal with it. That's one thing. Even though. Like you, like, like, like you snapped her arm, but she can just. Fuck it. I only got one good working arm, but not. She just no selling the arm. Yeah, where it, it shouldn't. Exactly. 
something like that where she seems less not unaffected but not bothered that's what you're supposed to do like she she's shouldn't in pain she, but she's still swinging the arm like it's fucking nothing or or she's not in pain but the arm's still affected whether or not she's whether or not she's uh you can black knight her if you want you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, if she has a broken leg and a broken arm, she should still be she should still be laughing at you oh, and shit. Like shit. if we're going for her being possessed, she should still be laughing at you. And but your arms and legs are still broken. Like don't, don't tell me you're unaffected. You know what I mean? She doesn't have Saiyan blood or vampire blood or any shit that'll make that happen. And that's the thing. Oh With Undertaker and Kane, you could always ask, was it the powers or were they just really strong guys? Who knows? Someone who's a sports enthusiast could just say, Yeah, this is the gimmick that these strong athletic guys have. Someone who's a fiction enthusiast could say, yeah, Undertaker's from the dark side. You cannot be a sports enthusiast and say Alexa Bliss is just really athletic and didn't get her limbs destroyed. And to me, that's where the problem is here. I don't want to spend too much time dwelling on it, but that's just the criticism of the way that this was booked. Um, yeah. The that being said, the character is freaking amazing. But. The commitment, yeah, and I like the character. I like the way she delivered. I like the look, and I think we, she doesn't need the old character that everybody misses. I don't really think that was a character. Well, the character was what? That she's a bitch? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's it's tons of those. It's so cool that she can be literally the polar opposite with this new character. You know, I guess most women on Earth are in fucking character. <laughs> I'm going to get heat now. Right? And here comes the. Feminist. There it goes. There it goes. It's going to be another Evolution <laughs> post show. And once again, it's not going to talk about the fucking show, just about us and how we're assholes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, um,. Yeah, pretty much that's also what I really want to say about the bliss thing that I like it but they don't really need to have her have powers that uh, make her invincible in wrestling you know, not when you're happened, uh, the extent of these new powers is she gets nigh of this time this made me laugh so fucking hard because she does the whole thing where she makes eye contact with Naya raises the hand to basically say well, hey I got her and then smacks the dog cat llama in fucking Rat shit out of fucking Reggie. Yeah, I forgot about that part. She's you made me forget. Like during the match, so she does. She <laughs> she possesses Reggie. She does the puppet thing with Reggie, and she uses she uses Naya's hand to punch Reggie. If you like, I said this is they really are doing. They're going really over the top. It's funny how I've seen criticism for stuff like this happening in the Indies. You remember who are those two guys who used to do like the voodoo thing in the Indies? They did like a voodoo dance and they would fucking put you on a spell. Remember years ago? Yeah. Oh, I remember. One of them had like what, like a pharaoh's head or something like that. Yeah, and they did like a little dance and, and it, you it, get it, hypnotized it, and everything. You know, I, and, you know what the bad part is? I fucking remember it because they played that shit on fucking Web Soup once. And he fucking yeah. like rolled into the shit. He did the fucking snake. Yeah, and they did like a snake thing. And he came out from the back and took his pants off or some shit. From the indies, even that was over the top. And now look, here we are. We're here in WWE and we have like the fictions like really over the top. But yeah, you're right. Reggie winds up getting hit by Nia. Yeah, thanks to the superpower. Like, oh my God, they're really, they're going into the realm of fiction. And for me, I don't really care indifferent to it, but I'm wondering how the people like Nia and everyone else feel about it. Like, are they cool with this portrayal of having the powers and having to do this shit? What do you think? I, mean, I, I, I guess I guess at some point, considering they're all really close friends, getting a kick out of it. So, I mean, oh, I really with some of these people, sometimes they just have a laugh with some of these things. So it's like, fuck it. Yeah. Okay, guys, moving along. You got your singles match of Kevin Owens facing Sami Zayn. Oh, this is like the, the, the feud of doom. 80% of you in the community feel Kevin Owens will be going over here. 20% of you felt Zayn will be going over. Congratulations, 20% of you. Because Owens lost on this one. The finish with Sammy goes over with a halluva kick. Cosmic halluva justice. Kick you hear me? Cosmic justice. 
He kicked the shit out of him. Those Huluva kicks could be brutal if you don't know how to take them. You ever seen when he's given and one time? Didn't he kick Xbox's face off? I think we played it on here once. Yes. He kicked him so hard. <laughs> you he got him so hard ready. he came off the ground. You know, I, I wish we called it the Yakuza kick still. But yeah, Huluva kick really, really, really fucked him up with that. See, as much as I enjoyed Bianca and Bailey, this is the match I would have put inside Hell in the Cell. Because could you imagine the shit they would have done to each other in there? Yeah, I think that's probably why they didn't. <laughs> I think that sometimes these two guys have to be safe from themselves, to be honest with you. As much as I like them, I kind of feel like these two guys would do whatever you allowed them to. If you let them, and it was just what they wanted, it would be hell in a steel cage, in an elimination chamber, in a cell ladder match, table match. In an inferno. <laughs> you know, like they don't have a you know roof. What? Those guys have no ceiling. That logic, it makes sense why it wasn't now. Like, sure, there are wrestlers from the 80s that'll do things and they'll be like, man, this is going to be a big moment. This is going to be a big spot. They're going to talk about and, this. And like, all right, you know, and then but, their finish to ladder war was getting package piles drove them through a ladder scalpel. Yeah, but they, they will never be those guys that go, well, that was it. That's just, that's as high. Nope, they would never. They'd be like, all right. And then next time there'll be another ladder on top of that. <laughs> that's what pissed Cornette off when they, when they work with him in the Ring of Honor. That's what pissed Cornette off. He used to curse them out. Remember all the stories? They used literally because they'd come into the thing and he'd be pissed and it's like, how the fuck am I going to follow that? Because <laughs> we got all this crazy shit in the match, fuck. you know? Eventually you just start booking them as the main event because it's not getting higher than this. Yeah, no, they don't like that. They don't want They don't want to be wild like that. So yeah, I'm, I'm kind of glad that this wasn't in the cell because I feel like these guys fight. They have years of fighting with each other to do. You know what I there's mean? Why level, waste it all one day? Of, you know what it is? It makes sense because as long as they've been fighting each other, there's a level of comfort they have that nobody else has. And yeah, look at them. These, two, these two are such good friends. Look at them. You know? They are so happy with one another here. This is this like itchy and scratchy levels of, of ass whipping. You know? There's literally forever. Like, they're just going to fight. The people say fight forever. They are. They don't have to worry about it. These they two are, are going to fight forever. Forever because they've been fighting forever. If you don't stop them, they'll just keep going. You know, like that is friendship to me. That's true friendship. When you'll battle to the end of time. And maybe go for like another week after that. <laughs> like, I can barely breathe. Look at these guys, man. Think about it. How long am I watching them fight? Feel Earth. Sandy's still out at a count of seven. As you take another look at the impact of the clothesline. Kevin Owens is... He wants to punish Sammy. Sent. Oh my God! Look at his big ass getting him with that senton like that. Fuck he's yourself up with a senton like that. Not many people have that these fucking two have. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. they fight in front. Even fight fight. people, that's tame compared to the shit we've seen them do. Like you don't understand the stuff we've seen of them in WWE does not scratch the fucking surface. <laughs> it really doesn't. Like, they have done some shit. Yeah, they really have. But the story that they were telling in this match was the I can't breathe Owen story. Because remember that we showed you earlier on the SmackDown segment that he got hit with the Samoan spike during his match there. So now Why he's having trouble right? breathing. Yeah, the two times. Because so. let's not forget that after he got hit with the Samoan spike once, the Biggie dissipated into nothing. And we still had, they never mentioned them. Still, even tonight. <laughs> tonight, like that was it. Biggie, he was written off. This is family matters and with the other sister all over again. Because... That dude's been gone since Friday in the middle of the tag match. Where has he been? Do you realize that you're the reason why Owens couldn't breathe, right? You disappeared off the screen. They popped you out like a like a freaking graphic and Owens had to eat the Samoan spike. Big match. 
That was just weird. But anyway, I digress. That stunner that Zane countered into an exploder was brutal. Like, he was all neck and head for that. Uh, Stasis points out that maybe it's because he has such big shoulders that it looks worse than it is. I sure hope so. Because uh, the way he lands, man, it looks like he lands all head to me. Let's be real. Yeah, fucking no. Owens, that motherfucker lands all head. Mm. <laughs> and he's I another one of the... part on, like, ladders and shit. It's just nothing but cranium. Yeah, and we get a stunner out of nowhere, which is rare for him because I got to be honest, his stunners usually come out of somewhere. Usually, he usually telegraphs the shit out of him, so I'm giving him credit. He's becoming more fluid with that stunner. Took a few years, but uh, most of the time, his son, his stunners were like watching Tess set up his pump handle slams. Yeah, his stunner is very telegraphed, but I mean, it is a semi regular, it is a semi new move for him, I guess. So I guess. So. Yeah, still looks good. Still solid stuff there. Still nothing compared to this fucking package pile driver. I fucking watched the video the other day of the fucking Maria thing you were talking about. I blinked and he was halfway there and I was like, wait a minute, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Those are days, man. <laughs> I was like, yo, the fear. <laughs> not even that he did, not even that he hit it. It's the fact that he can get in position that fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Also, we get one of Sammy's signature Kenny Omega-esque dives. Who did it first? Was it Omega or Zane? It was probably Zane, right? I feel like it could be around the same time. You know, They've both been know. at it so long, I mean, but... Yeah, you'll never know here. Look at that. It is the, it is the Terminator dive in all its glory. And, it's, and what I like about his, especially, is that unlike Drew's, like his dick doesn't almost clip the ropes. <laughs> He'll never let that down. No, I never he'll, will. He'll he'll never live, live down the day he fucking sack tapped him fucking top rope. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker just came over the topic. What was that? Oh, well, well, oh, actually, no, 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 you gotta do it right. In this case, fucking. <laughs> but what I like about that particular move, it shows what makes these guys feud so cool. Is this? It's, it's the same formula of uh the stuff with like aj styles christopher daniels and samoa joe there's certain moves you will only see when they wrestle each other and that's one of them yeah they trust each other Sammy enough he does not do that move unless he's wrestling owens now yeah and that's the thing they trust each other enough to do this stuff i don't think that the things that you see them doing they would do with anyone like i don't think they would take the miz in here and have this match it's because they specifically know each other well enough that we're able to have it and that's why you see the levels of violence. There's trust to take care of each other. But I still think that they should uh, save them from themselves. There's one of those cases where it's like they're getting older. You know, Owens has kids. And uh, they were getting crazier and crazier in Ring of Honor. So it's good that they, they don't need to, to, to be too nuts here. Especially save it for something else. You know? But uh, yeah, overall, it's always good to have them on the match. Glad that they're getting the focus they are. It's funny that this all started because of a conspiracy thing. I really didn't realize that they were going to throw these two back together again, you know? Especially considering that it was right. WWE specifically. I think, didn't they do a thing at one point where it was like going to be the last time that they ever faced each other? I feel like they did, but I'm like not Like a sure. few years ago, they were like, this is the last fight. And then we put it all behind and they didn't. And I remember telling you guys that there was no way that that was going to be what happens. We've heard that a thousand times. Like these yeah. motherfuckers are going to find a way back to each other again. Tell me you watched that match. You watched it, yes? Yes, and save me. Victory! Every word I said, every word I said, I talked about karma, did I? And wait, just be honest with me. Let's, let's be honest. Look deep into my eyes now. Tell me the truth. Did you believe me when I came here during the pre-show and I talked about karma, about how karma was real and that how cosmic justice was going to be served tonight? Did you believe what I was saying? Be honest with me. Well, earlier today when I honest with me did you believe in karma when i was talking about karma and cosmic justice being served and i did did you believe me yes and how did 
karma play a role in your it? victory? How do you do it? How do you lie with such a straight face? I'm looking right into your eyes. I know you didn't believe it. <laughs> I know. But it doesn't matter because karma proved my point for me. You are full of shit. Do you understand? This is... <laughs> it's, 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 it's divinity. It's divine. It is, it's consciousness. It's love. It's right here. It's between you and me right now. It's coming out of my, my mouth and you're breathing it in through the particles. That's all consciousness. That's all love. That's... There's order to that. Don't you understand? There's order. And it's true. It's true. I, I mean, I believed it before I went out there, but now I know for sure. <laughs> what the hell? It's true. Karma's going to save me. Karma will save me. It'll save us all. It'll save you too. It's going to take care of you. Don't you worry. That's what I'm calling it now. He's going to come out on Friday in a robe and he's going to be Karma Jesus. Karma. What he keeps saying is the karmic justice because he keeps saying cosmic justice. Is it both? I don't fucking know anymore. I just laugh and move on at this point. Maybe he should rename the Kaluva kick the cosmic kick. Don't do that. <laughs> don't you fucking do that. Because, or the karma kick. Okay, that's passable. How far is he going to take this? Anyway, Raw Women's Championship Rhea Ripley defending against Charlotte Flair. 59% of you. Say Rhea Ripley will be defending and retaining this championship, whereas 41% of you say that it is going to be an upset with Charlotte. Finish being a figure four where Rhea can't get out of it. And in desperation, she rolls to the outside and then she flips the top of the announce table into Charlotte's face. Which, that leads, to a, which leads to a brawl and leads it to was a just so funny. Them calling for the bell. Mm hmm. She rolled to the outside. She broke it because obviously Charlotte can't just hold her there. She gets to the fucking table and just. <laughs> what I love about it, though, was the dialogue at the end between the two of them. Did you catch what they were saying? I couldn't quite catch it. I heard this, but they put saying, the mics. Make it out. They put the mics close to them on purpose. I guess they knew they were going to have dialogue. But Charlotte's hanging there and she's looking across as Rhea's heading up the room. And she's like, I taught you well. You're learning, bitch. You're learning. <laughs> and then, then Rhea's at the top of the mat. <laughs> she holds her brother and she goes, I did what you would have done, queenie. <laughs> <laughs> See, that makes it worth it. <laughs> Just for that moment. But I'm going to tell you what I liked about that, even not hearing that um, dialogue. Rhea did what most champions don't do, and that's use that champion's advantage. Yeah. Because Charlotte has to beat her. She doesn't have to beat Charlotte. But is she a baby face doing that? Is that a very baby face thing to do? That's where it's weird because Charlotte's clearly a heel. But I, if Charlotte wasn't a heel, it'd be a little bit more black and white. But that makes it a little bit more complex. Yeah. Or they could just both be playing Shades of Grey for the time being, you know? It could be. I mean, we've seen Charlotte... Let's be real. Constantly dance on that line, virtually her whole career. Mm-hmm. She so just kind of leans one way or the other. With Rhea, I could see it definitely being another being trying out the shade of gray, which I mean, it works out. But yeah, and uh, yeah, overall, the two of them they have a very interesting way of working with one another. The match itself, they it could use a little bit of coordination i guess they have to get used to it i don't know if it's Rhea or charlotte like i'm like at one point the moonsault when she hit the moonsault and like she did the double i've seen that done before by other people i don't know if that was intentional yeah. or, or an adjustment Actually, that was 
that was a shout out to Andrade as well. Oh, right. Okay. That's what you said. I heard it. Gotcha. See? And that's right. Back elbow. She hit it again. Okay. So she's doing the spinning back. Because I was thinking, I've seen that, the, the, the moonsault into the second moonsault before. I didn't even think about the fact that it was Andrade. You're right. Yeah. That's, what, that's Andrade's move. That's okay. Literally, he literally used one of Andrade's big match moves in a big match scenario. Because gotcha. I saw it and I jumped out of my seat because I was like, holy fuck, she hit the double moonsault. Gotcha. I, I didn't catch that. Good catch there. I give her credit back. She can do that because that has to be hell on your knees. Mm-hmm. I also got to give her credit. Before the match even gets to start, she snatches the championship from the ref and she throws it. That should make me laugh. She throws it at Rhea Ripley to distract her and then like hits a her. It was a move. It was awesome. Yeah. She fucking Look at that. Mr. Burns, the fucking title. Yeah. <laughs> What kills me is the fact that she waited until the fucking ref had it all the way up in the air, snatched it down, turned, and just. Oh my god. Oh, priceless stuff. Almost took the whole damn ref out with her. Rhea Ripley's fucking selling is amazing like when she was in the figure when she was in the figure eight i could see her having wrestlemania flashbacks yeah fuck not again (laughs) yeah definitely and when charlotte was working on her leg and chop blocks her like yeah her selling is unreal at times yeah and she's her superplex she comes down with elevation where she collides afterwards this looks rough look at that shit like it's yeah that girl's something special like I feel like what what I like about this match is like her and Charlotte, they're level, not only are they selling, but their shit talking is nuts. I put that in social media for you guys. Also, I'm sorry if I haven't looked over at Gilded in a little bit here. We are juggling all of that. A lot of just, chaos here, people. Just peeking over. I, I can't keep track of this. Well, I don't remember how many chats there are. I'll be just looking in Gilded. Uh, Sasu probably fell asleep. Anyway. Working with our uh, also, where Rhea nails Charlotte through the bottom rope with that, uh, what is that, like a, I don't even know what to call that. It's almost like a drop kick. Yeah, it's like a baseball slide, yeah. Yeah, it's a baseball slide, but it's elevated because she's not really sliding so much as she's still, uh, she's still kicking. Yeah, it's like a it. low, it's like a running low drop kick. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I love that's when Rhea great. hit that beautiful riptide and then Charlotte got to the ropes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I said, crazy stuff here. Yeah, but then, of course, after everything happens, uh. They duke it out for a little while, but then Rhea hits us another riptide and then sends it out. Yeah, and then that's when she tells her, I taught you well and everything. Yeah, oh, good match you. overall, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Really good match. And it's one of those matches where DQ no contest won. Right, that didn't happen often. Yeah. So, there you go. Now, I think they, did they put a Charlotte thing up? Yeah, they did. Charlotte, congratulations on your victory over Rhea Ripley tonight, but unfortunately, I'm sure this is not how you wanted to go because you're not walking out with the Raw Women's Championship over your shoulder. What's your reaction to what happened out there? The only win tonight is knowing that Rhea's listening and learning and growing and taking a page out of my book. That was the only win. Bravo to her. But I'm coming. I never stop. So the nightmare better be ready. She's coming for you, Ripley. (laughs) I'm so upset because me and a co-worker were talking about that fucking that fucking clip the other day and it's just it's so funny to see the moment booker knows he fucked up yeah he like winced right away it's instant (laughs) he tried to pull it back 
you know? He tried to pull the words back into his mouth, and it just wasn't going to happen at that point. Said, we coming for you, ninja shit. So what do you think? Do they continue the Charlotte Flair Rhea Ripley feud now? They have to. I mean, you can't you can't end a feud on a DQ no contest. I feel like what this is going to turn into is their next pay-per-view match. It's going to be some kind of specialty match. You think like so? Either, so? It's going to be something where I almost feel like they could go ladder match, even though the next pay-per-view is money in the bank. But it's going to be something where the DQ no contest winds up not being a factor. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, I figure I mean, if, they, that if they want to think outside of the box and have Rhea get the win in a big way, they would probably want to do a submission match because Rhea still has that uh, that prism, or as I call it, the Aussie Deathlock, which she doesn't go off go to very often, but she has multiple wins with that move. I kind of feel like they need to incorporate somebody else into this feud, though. You know, I mean, like, shoot, they, they probably so easily go Nikki Cross. Well, no, because they made her look like a damn goof that could just last moments before being killed. Like, oh, Nikki Cross didn't die again today. She's strong. Shoot, the way they but the way they talk that shit up, that might as well be enough nowadays. Yeah, like they couldn't. I don't know. I. Yeah, it, it would have to be somebody different because nothing against Oscar, but I'm tired of seeing Oscar fight them. Well, who else do they have on the road? Do they need to move somebody from SmackDown? They might have to. Move Bailey. Right. That, that would be interesting. Oh, Bailey versus Rhea Ripley. Holy shit. You know what I mean? Like, Bailey hasn't had anything to do. She has nothing, no other opponent right now. If, if they're not going to continue to be Anka Belair feud yet, then move Bailey over. Right. Besides Bianca Belair, she's beaten everybody on SmackDown. I'm so. hearing after SummerSlam, they're going to want to do a shakeup again. They're going to switch the whole rosters and draft everybody over. So that'll probably be their move. Yeah. You know? Truth be told, that SmackDown's going to need it worse than Raw because I think SmackDown's whole roster is like seven girls. Yeah, well, how many are on, yeah. on Raw? Oh, God, at least in the double digits. Hmm. I mean, it's kind of hard to say. Oh, God damn it. F- fucking Eva Marie. Because now my first thought was, ooh, reignite her and Piper Niven. But I was like, no, they got her fucking around with Eva Marie. Never mind. We'll talk about it tomorrow night, but do you hear that they're renaming Piper Niven Dewdrop? I'm this fucking close. There was a first so, Tetris on Monday nights. That's what it for, first it started as a rumor, right? Like last week, we were all hearing that they're going to be naming Piper Niven Dewdrop, and we all kind of went, "Well, that's just a rumor that somebody made up." And then, like a few days later, paperwork came in where WWE copyrighted the name Dewdrop, and it was just a coincidence to me that the name that they copyrighted was the same one they said they were going to give that girl before it happened. So I'm just going to assume she's Dewdrop. This is like back when we had Shorty G. And I said that shit, and then it was shit. <laughs> you shorty G afterwards. See, when shit like that comes out, and everybody's like, oh, it's just a rumor. I'm sitting there going, watch this. It's about to happen. Dewdrop. Yeah, I feel like to call that a rumor is to still have some faith. There's competency left in this company. There's fucking not. Yeah, well, that'll be, we'll talk about that in more detail tomorrow night show with the regular dirt sheets. But I think we are at the main event now, right? We are at the headliner. WWE Championship Hell in a Cell match. Bobby Lashley defending against Drew McIntyre. 70% of you feeling Bobby Lashley will go over. 30% of you feeling this will be Drew McIntyre. Finish being MVP grabs Lashley's leg from the outside, distracting him. Grabs, I'm sorry, Drew's leg from the outside, and then Lashley just rolls him up. Oh, player. That was your last chance, player. I saw that in the Gilda chat. I fucking that was your That was your last match, player. No more. Oh, please give me one more match. 
Next fucking next one, he's on a steel cage. How do you like this? Teddy, roll up. <laughs> that is still my favorite moment of that whole thing because he went from such confidence to utter fucking devastation. Oh, it is unbelievable. So, the, the only reason I like that finish is because Drew, with his hot headedness, broke the cardinal rule of Hell in a Cell. You don't let anybody inside. Because there's a ref bump, and as the new ref is starting to come in, MVP stops him. Drew, in his heated moment, takes MVP into the cell just to fuck him up, and then just leaves him in the cell. Like, he literally wrote his own demise without even realizing it. Yeah, and that that does suck. Now, uh, as far as getting into some of the stuff in the match here, at one point when Drew body slams... uh, Lashley against the cell. His body slides down onto his head. Shane's of one of Kurt Angle's suplexes on Shane McMahon. Oh, yeah. The only difference was that they didn't have the concrete ground. So you didn't hear the thought of skull against concrete. It was literally the, the padding helped him. But it was that same motion when he slid down. And that's followed by a belly-to-belly in the ring. He uses kendo sticks on Lashley. Then uh, he winds up using the kendo stick against the, the the cage against the cell to hit him with a russian leg sweep um and then lashley winds up taking that spine first bump on the steel steps which was pretty brutal yeah, an air raid crash was that was nasty yeah that's essentially what it was i actually think i have that here though that sound sucked yeah it really did any kind of fun yeah there was some real brutal stuff here and like yeah this was definitely one of them but those steps are always designed for that kind of stuff but yeah, right here. I like how freaking MVP turns away like, ah! <laughs> fucking dramatic ass. <laughs> yeah, like it wasn't. Let me put it back up. Did, you, did I put it up? I don't even know if I actually put it up. There it is. Yeah, just the way he took that bump was incredible. <laughs> oh, but again, we're going to get into the negative because they were they still, to me, this was the weakest link there. Uh, at Poison Alabama slam on the chair and then Lashley took it like a pussy. I didn't like that because it's supposed to, if anybody doesn't know the Poison Alabama slam, you're coming down on your front, on your chest and your face, essentially. And I get it. It's not easy. But I mean, Lashley really took it like a pussy. Like he put his hands out in front of him. He couldn't have put his hands more out in front of him than he did. Um, that kind of shit is heartbreaking when the girls have more balls than the guys, you know. Um, he did somehow get a nasty cut on his shoulder. It was like without really doing anything major. I guess that's when he took that bump, the 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 uh, the crash and burn bump, or I'm not even really sure. Or you know when it could have been? It could have been the hurt lock when he was in the hurt lock and they both collided through the table. Yeah, because at one point he puts him in the hurt lock on the outside and Drew's running him into the cage over and over again and trying to break him. Eventually just puts him through a table. Focus his attention back on Lashley. We're out, Drew. The hurt lock is in. in. Is it it completely locked in? I I believe it is. The challenger fighting desperately. That's emergency right now for Drew McIntyre. McIntyre's been here before. Oh! Are you kidding me? Right into the table. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes to survive. Both men look out. Hard shit. But then fucking Drew decides to have his own little cane bump moment because he was fucking 
Lashley hits that, that complete shot, that flat liner onto a chair, and it's like you clearly see him like cane bump with his arms through the chair. You're talking about Drew, right? Yeah. You know what's the thing about that? The move was they they, they did it twice, didn't they? Yeah, they did it twice. And that's the whole thing. There was a bump that that bump was so bad that they had to just do it over again. Did you catch that? You know, I didn't. It was last. He he trips him and he drives him into a chair. Lashley trips him and drives him into a chair. And it's another one of those spots where it's all hands. They just he just he just pushes his hands down. You know, it's another one where he just pushes his hands down and he just and then it looks so ugly the first time that Drew and him they blatantly just redid the spot. I'm pretty sure that what happened was that. Um, the ref they were in the ref's headset and they told him to do it over again and like if you go back to peacock and the network and youtube you will not find it there's no way if you go back and watch if there's any way to go back and watch they did the spot twice the first time he had his hands up and it looked like shit and they literally just recycled it so they can cut it once and you won't ever see the botch i'm talking about again you know uh what else do they have drew coming off of the top waving a steel chair and he gets locked into the hurt lock right now my issue with this is who comes off the top waving a steel chair? Like, have you ever seen somebody jump off the steel chair and and <laughs> jump off the top rope and swing a steel chair at you? Has that ever happened before? Where somebody says, I'm going to jump off the top rope and hit you in the head with the chair as I fly across the sky? Aside from Shane, maybe. Oh that would be like a Shane McMahon-style thing to do. But Drew? But anyway, he comes off the top with a steel chair, and he winds up getting hit in the hurt, hurt lock. And, uh... You know, they go back and forth a little bit there. And I will say, I know it happens often, but I do like, I think, one of Drew's coolest looking moves. I like when he hits the spine buster and then floats over into the jackhammer pin. That looks really oh, solid. Yeah. Uh, MVP, of course, like you mentioned, getting involved in the outside. And then uh, he helps with Drew being pinned in the corner with uh, by basically bridging a candlestick against him while he's in the corner. And then when Drew finally gets free and charges Lashley, Lashley catches him into that flatliner that you were talking about. Um, which leads into that shitty sequence that they wind up having to do twice. Lashley hits the thumb to the eye um, when Drew's swinging the chair again. At this point, Drew needs to retire from swinging chairs around because it seems like every time he swings the chair, something shitty happens to him. You know, but now he has a thumb to the eye. Um, he winds up, That's when he pushes Mac into the ref, when the ref bump comes, which is what hits the future shock DDT, but the ref's still down, which is what causes him to get desperate and do what you said, which is make the cardinal mistake of letting the other ref in from the outside because he figures he just hit the future track DDT. Let's pin this motherfucker. And uh, what winds up happening in the distraction of getting the other ref in there is when he gets the hurt lock. And then, uh, but he manages to roll through that into a belly to belly. But when they both come to their feet, Drew gets the chair first because for some reason, Drew McIntyre is up fucking cessed with chairs at this point. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> You know, it's like, it seems like that's all he's trying to do. And uh, what happens is... That you just steal yeah, yeah, he bumps he bumps him a couple of times before throwing the chair at him. And then the Claymore. But then right at that point is where we talk about where MVP is now in the ring because of the earlier mistake he made after the future shock of bringing the ref in, gets distracted. And, uh, you know, Mac finally gets... Um, his hands on MVP at least you know he even getting to claymore him but then when that the whole thing happens the hurt lock on the outside they both collide into that table in the corner and then Lashley winds up bumping Drew from the ape in through the table you know and and push leads to the end you know what I mean you ultimately wind up with him shocked oh I'm never gonna get a match again and he's devastated by it all overall I'm I'm glad this feud is over Drew has gotten more second chances than Tammy Sitch or Daryl Strawberry 
you know? And if you've ever seen Tammy Citra, Daryl Strawberry, you know that when they get in front of a judge, the judge always has a look in his face like, fuck me, you again? <laughs> like, really? Again? Come on. Unbelievable. I was like, where's Aston Kusher? He can't be fucking. It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Bobby, congratulations on retaining the WWE Championship once again against Drew McIntyre inside Hell in a Cell. Well, you, know, you, you say that like you're surprised. Like you didn't think that the Almighty was going to come out. And still, nobody in this company on this planet is more brutal, is more intense, is more cerebral than the Almighty. WWE champion. Well, MVP, it, it did seem like you had a hand in this victory tonight. There's my hand for the champ. And if you had any respect, you'd be giving him a hand, too. Everybody back here should be giving the almighty he a had hand. a hand? You didn't see what I did out there? It, it was an amazing battle. Excuse me. You are an extremely disrespectful, unprofessional individual. And I'm going to talk to HR about maybe you not being around here anymore. How, after that... Brutal display, and you, you disrespect the almighty WWE champion like that? You should be disgusted with yourself. I'm sorry. I don't know why she apologized. I kind of felt like in that situation, especially her, because she's usually ballsy, I felt like he was out of line. He has the days confused. I thought that it was the, uh, I thought it was the girls on Raw that are supposed to give Lashley a hand. Oh, wait, he meant, oh, I see. I see the confusion oh. now. Oh, shit. I, I get it. Oh. He meant... We were on completely different wavelengths here. What that guy yeah. wanted, what I thought that. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Unbelievable, man. Uh, all I'm saying right now, one of them Lashley girls got a strong ass chin. That's all. Like, I've seen her two weeks in a row and I can't fucking ignore it. It makes me sad. Like, <laughs> yeah, well. So, what's next for Drew and what's next for Lashley? <sighs> Drew, I have no idea. But I mean. With some of the news we're probably going to talk talk about on uh, Monday, Brock might be somewhere down the pipe. We did hear that they're bringing him back, right? Yeah, I mean, Lashley always wanted to fight him. For match for years. He was talking about that when he was in TNA. Right, when he came back to TNA, he's been wanting that match. Yeah, so I can definitely see that. Oh boy, and what about uh, what about Drew? Uh, I mean, I don't even know. He can't get another title shot as long as last was the champion. So. Hmm. Hmm. Does Drew go to SmackDown? Right. Because, I mean, he could go for Roman. He and Roman have history. Maybe that might be the move when um when they decide to do another shakeup. Because he can't. I mean, even without the shakeup, he can't get the title anymore. What's he going to do? Be a mid-carder on Raw? Yeah, he can't do it. I guess only, that's all he has for Raw at this point until Lashley loses his title. So SmackDown might, if he wants to get back in the world title feud, SmackDown's his best bet. Or go back to NXT, one or the other. Yeah, something. I guess something like that, you know. But it's very unfortunate that it went because he his whole big title run, which I told you was going to be what happened, his whole title run was pandemic. And then when it was time to celebrate, they got rid of his ass. Right. You know? So that sucks. Anyway. What else? Is there anything else that you wanted to discuss about this pay-per-view? What are your overall thoughts on the pay-per-view before we wrap things up here? Uh, I mean, I definitely enjoyed it. You know, I mean, of course, I had my whole thing with Roman and Ray getting uh, axed off of this one and feeling like Sammy and Kevin should have been in the cell. But I mean, for what we everything we got, it was great. I, I definitely enjoyed the show. 
Yeah, I definitely did too. I think this was one of the better pay-per-views, and I'm still giving the Bianca uh, Belair-Bailey my pick for a match of 2021 until something better comes along. I think psychology-wise, what they were going for, uh, the stuff they put together, everything about it, like this definitely uh, was something that worked very solid for me. Yeah. You know? At the end of the day, SmackDown has a fantastic women's champion in Bianca Belair. Because, I mean, physically, the girl is imposing. And, I mean, if you're going to have somebody call herself the EST, the first thing you do is, I mean, for God's sake, she basically got one over on probably the best SmackDown women's champion they've had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she sure so, did. I mean, at this point, the sky's the limit for that girl. I mean, that it's like you said in any documentary you've ever seen about her, any interviews, that girl's always been a success her entire life. So it's no surprise that she comes to the main roster and immediately smashes, snatches all that SmackDown women's title. Yeah. Well, it'll definitely be interesting to see what it is that they decide to do from here. And I definitely enjoyed this pay-per-view. And it goes to show, this might be the best pay-per-view of 2021, is it? It's up there for sure. You know, like this, like it goes to show you. Don't count them it out yet. Don't you fucking... <laughs> but I knew you were going to do that, you son of a bitch. I fucking knew it. But uh, <laughs> Ro will always bring us back down to earth, though. See, see, you know. see, what what it is, pay-per-views like these are like when you spike somebody's drink and then Raw is the recovery the morning after, when reality comes sinking back in. Yeah, I, I can't argue with you there at all. It is, uh, it is rough. There's no questions about that. Oh, man. But yeah, like I said, I kind of went into this with low expectations just because of where they've been this entire time, you know, and, uh. Now we're seeing that the booking solid, but unfortunately, whenever we start to get used to one of the brands out of two of the brands, we can never uh, sustain that because they do the freaking draft and it shakes everything up again and it takes everyone a while to get their footing. Yeah. You know? All right. Anything else? Are we, are we done here? That's it. All right. Fantastic. That being said, don't forget, guys. That we have a bunch of other stuff going on, including tomorrow night, where we will have at 11.30 p.m. Eastern, immediately following Monday Night Raw, we will be here on Talk Brunch Live, where we'll discuss the dirt cheats and everything else that's been happening, any injuries, uh, contract changes, the occurrences of AEW Dynamite, as well as NXT, uh, and all of the other stuff that's happened, maybe even some impact in there, depending on how things go. You never know. Uh that being said thank you to everyone who has hung out with us for this entire evening including uh in our live chat room six layer and eb gamer stasis streams willie b2 Kula ice seb the og pleb uh, four catch 22 i cabigon ali aka ashley lincoln park mad king braddocks saku hasu and then of course there are all of the rest of you that are listening across all of the various platforms of iTunes, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, SoundCloud, Player FM, and all other popular places podcasts are found, as well as Twitch, Facebook, and YouTube. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Talk Brunch Live, episode 463, hosted by yours truly, Rick Dare, aka Captain Brunch, for myself and my co-host, Destin Soul Glow Frazier. We're out of here. In all praise, Pat McAfee. Shut it down.